Hey there, so uh, I did something a little bit different for today's episode. I recorded it using the app Clubhouse, where you can uh, invite other people to talk to you once you start a room. I like it. It's um, it's a little less formal than like having a Zoom call, and uh, it's um, easy for people who are interested in similar things as you who might not know you to pop in and join a conversation. It was very impromptu, but I did have two other people join in the room, one being podcast listener Leah, who you can find on Instagram uh, doing very adorable things with her dog George at Leah Iredale. That's at L-E-E-Y-A-H-I-R-E-D-A-L-E. And, uh, and was also joined by a trainer I'd never met before, uh, whose name is Beth Berkobian, who is on Instagram and on Clubhouse, uh, at Rehab Your Rescue. She is a trainer based in Dallas. And uh, it was nice to have them pop in and uh, chat with me a little bit so that it wasn't such a <laughs> one-sided rant. Uh, next Thursday, the 25th, I am going to host, again, kind of an experiment, I'm going to host a reading group on Clubhouse with Anna Hayward. Anna Hayward has been on the podcast before. She is a School for the Dogs apprentice, and she wrote an incredibly touching personal essay that is in this week's edition of The New Yorker. It's called Bad Dog. It's about her experience fostering a very difficult, very difficult dog. I will post the conversation on the podcast, but if you would like to join live, if you've read the article and uh, have any questions, please hop on to Clubhouse Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. If you're not already on it and you need an invite, you can text me at 917-414-2625 and I will try to send you one. They only give you a, a handful periodically, but I think I have enough to invite you, dear listener, <laughs> should you want to join us on Thursday. If you can't make it, but you have a question you would like to ask Anna about the article, feel free to email me, annie at schoolforthedogs.com, and I will share that question with her. And now for something completely different. Hi, my name is Annie Grossman, and I'm a dog trainer. This podcast is brought to you by School for the Dogs, a Manhattan-based facility I own and operate along with some of the city's finest dog trainers. During this podcast, we'll be answering your questions, geeking out on animal behavior, discussing pet trends, and interviewing industry experts. Welcome to School for the Dogs podcast. I, I joined two, I was, I was an attendee in two different webinars earlier this month. One was hosted by uh, the B.F. Skinner Foundation, and the other one uh, was hosted by like a dog training group. 
Um, but they were both like CEU um, earning webinars, pretty legit. Um, both were hosted by uh, PhDs. One was um, not specifically about dog training. It was about, um, I think the title was something like how kindness helped me navigate the world of applied behavior analysis. Um, it was something about kindness. Uh, and the other one was about um, race and dog training. Uh, so I, I am a dog trainer and, um, and a big behavior nerd and very interested in, in kind of like different takes on behavior uh, sort of tangential to dog training. So I um, was interested in, in both of these presentations. But um, I ended up walking away. What They were right at one right after the other. One was one day, one was the next day. And I ended up feeling kind of frustrated with both of them and tried to try to chat to the moderators while it was happening but there were a lot of people in the room and I couldn't seem to ask a question or say something in a way that made sense but the takeaway from both of them was sort of like rah 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 isn't positive reinforcement a wonderful thing and um in the one about race uh it was interesting it was this black dog trainer who I think is a um, I think she's a, a, a psychologist and she was interviewing kids um, in in like I guess she lives in like Ohio um, Midwest in a very white area and she was basically interviewing children about um, about her and like working with her and what it means to work with someone who's black and or a person of color was uh, was the the term that was used um, and uh, it was interesting to, to hear the the kids responses my favorite part was she asked one of the little girls like are you a person of color and the little girl said yes I'm I'm a person of color I'm peach which <laughs> I thought was great and I really remember thinking that as a kid like why do we call people black and people white when I'm not white and people who are black are not usually um, actually black. It's still kind of confusing. Anyway, part of it, she asked the kids basically what positive reinforcement is or how they use it in their lives. And I just jotted down some of the answers, which I'll read off here. Um, it means being more positive. It's about confidence. Rather than putting people down for what they can't do, it's about bringing them up for what they can do. It's about not yelling and not saying, like, bad dog, but thinking about what you can do better. It's about not giving up, but continuing trying. Uh, it's about rewarding behavior you want, using support and encouragement, giving someone something positive to look forward to and encouraging them. It's about being in the bigger uh, person, if someone is being mean to you, you have the option to be mean back, which isn't helpful, maybe in the short run, but not in the long run. Uh, I'm a helpful person. If someone is down and can't do something, they can come to me. And instead of putting them down and saying they can't do it, I can try and help them. I try to say, no, you can do it. And I try and be calm and nice and positive. If someone cuts me in line, rather than getting mad, I'm like, guys, we're all coming from the same place here. To me, that's positive reinforcement. The other webinar um, 
the takeaway was kind of like people in any kind of realm of business or academics should basically um, be nice to each other. And <laughs> the, the comments in that group were um, like, I wish we could bring positive reinforcement to the world and positive reinforcement could save the world. And if only everybody understood positive reinforcement. And after both of these sessions, I felt like, hold on, positive reinforcement isn't about being nice. And it's bothered me for a long time that the word positive gets thrown around the way it does. Because, I mean, if positive reinforcement is why we look at our phones all the time. Positive reinforcement is why you push down on the pedal in your car to go forward. Positive reinforcement is the reason why we do things if we're not doing it because of negative reinforcement. Either you're doing something because you're going to get something out of it or you're doing something because um, you are you are avoiding something. Um, those are the two reasons why we do things. Those are the two kinds of reinforcement. Of course, then there are three reasons we don't do things. Positive punishment, negative punishment, and uh, extinction, the, the other the other side of things. But um, yeah, I, I just felt frustrated by this sort of what I see as like a misunderstanding of positive reinforcement and the way in which people conflate positive reinforcement with like goodness and niceness and as if it's something we need to teach people when in fact it's happening all around us all the time and and what's more like it's not something we I mean colloquially we kind of talk about using positive reinforcement but really positive reinforcement it's determined by the the subject you know if I if I yell no to a dog and that dog that actually ends up encouraging the dog's behavior because positive reinforcement you know the, the saying no is perhaps um actually rewarding to that dog uh i i wasn't intending maybe to use positive reinforcement but the behavior was positively reinforced um anyway i but then i kind of doubted myself because i felt like you know everything i know about behavior i have learned through dog training a hundred percent um sure i've done you know, a lot of reading and I've studied on my own, but I'm not an academic. And um, how is it that like, this is my understanding. And, and here I am in these rooms with these people who are doctors. And um, I feel like they're saying something different. So I don't know, I'm, I'm in this clubhouse room with two other people now. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this subject. Um, and uh, if it's okay with you, I, I'd love to include this on, on the podcast. But I, I was just just curious if, if, I don't know, if, if others see it differently and could explain to me why, <laughs> why, why I'm wrong. Because I, I felt like after watching these two webinars, like, am I, am I, am I a, a nut here? I think I'm going to have a, a hard time because I agree with you completely and I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you understand, or I mean, before you got into dog training, do you think you understood positive reinforcement the way that you do now? Oh, no, definitely not. I think when there was like this podcast episode where you said something about like how the government uses um, 
I think it's negative reinforcement. So like, you know, you speed, you get a ticket and how much different the world would be if like we could use positive reinforcement and yeah, and that was kind of what made it click for me because like real life situation, everybody, that's how we live is negative reinforcement in the world. So it's so much of what we do. So I think it would be really helpful if more people had a better understanding of what it really is. You know, it's interesting. I, I had a, a conversation with Susan Friedman, um, who is a, a professor in Utah, Um she works a lot with parrots and, and all kinds of animals. And unfortunately, uh, it was on the, the conversation was saved on the laptop on which I spilled a bottle of seltzer the day I found out my dog was dying. <laughs> and uh, so I, I literally washed away the conversation um, when I had to uh, replace the hard drive. But um I said something to her, like, don't you get frustrated as someone who has such a keen understanding of behavior, like when you get pulled over for speeding, for example, or, you know, when you, you know, have to pay taxes or like do all these things that are, that are, um, where, where our behavior is being controlled by coercion and force. And she kind of was like, no, that's not my area. Um, and she's like, yeah, I mean, sure, I could think of better ways to do something, but do those things but it's not it's not my area and and it made me think like I, I again I you know I don't think about like what my area is or isn't it's just I have this like general overarching <laughs> point of view that uh, like I said has been completely informed by by dog training and certainly um, is not a panacea but it makes me see things in a very specific way and uh, and I think I think the people who think about this stuff actually you know, it's it's like the people who do ABA work, applied behavior analysis, and then I think like economists. You know, um, economists seem to me like like the most keen understanders under un, understanders, the people who understand uh, behavior perhaps the mo- the most keenly. Um, and I, I actually think that Obama um, in in his administration had a team of uh, behavioral economists. Um, uh, who were, were doing the kind of work to try and figure out how to mold behavior um, in less coercive ways. Um, anyway, that's my, that's my little rant. Positive reinforcement is something that everybody knows about. If you, if you have a phone that you look at um, all day, every day, if you put one foot in front of another, the behavior of uh, putting one foot in front of another has been positively reinforced if your intention was to move forward. Um, so I, I guess my, my, the, to sum up my, my rant, it's that um, rather than this like idea of we need to uh, teach the world about positive reinforcement, maybe it's more just like we need to um, help people recognize uh, positive reinforcement um, and use it better rather than um, or, or use it better and think about how it's used being used to control their behavior better and how um, how also negative reinforcement is is impacting their behavior as well and how they use negative reinforcement um, to impact others as well so um, I think people often forget that 
positive, negative, all of that affects people just the same as it does dogs. But they look at it in a different lens when it applies to people than it is dogs. So when you look at positive reinforcement towards people, they're like, oh, we're going to be positive. We're not necessarily going to try to shape anything. We're just going to be super happy and we're going to try to, you know, help this person be happy and positive. Whereas with dogs, we're using more than just the positive reinforcement, right? We're like looking at the emotions. We're looking at so many things where it's not so black and white that people think positive reinforcement is this, negative reinforcement is that, positive punishment is this, uh, negative reinforcement is that. You know, it's, it's so many different layers that people don't get as bogged down in it to people as they do with dogs. Hmm. that makes sense? People don't get so bogged down with it with people. Well, I think it's it's just clearer to see with with dogs. But and then again, sometimes it's not because, you know, with people we can say, you know, like actually, I, I know, I know you gave me that hug because you were glad that I did X, Y, or Z. But actually, I don't like being touched. So, you know, that that hug actually was not a not something that is going to reinforce the behavior I just did. Um, I mean, that's sort of a <laughs> a clumsy a clumsy example. <laughs> With dogs, all we can do is is see whether or not the behavior that we attempted to positively reinforce um, happened more or less. But you know, of course, like people, I think are just are certainly endlessly more complicated than dogs, largely because like we have language, and also like there's so many inputs in in each of our lives whereas a dog like you know like I know where my dog spent all day yesterday and pretty much what she did and um it just it makes it easier to to you know because I'm the one controlling her environment it's easier for me to control her behavior if I want to uh specifically control her behavior using positive reinforcement or or you know were I to choose to use punishment or negative reinforcement but but also like there she's her behaviors are being positively reinforced in ways all the time that have nothing to that have nothing to uh do with me have nothing to do with me at all um which is i think another reason why these two talks um why why i got frustrated about these two talks it's that the idea that positive reinforcement is something that we use as opposed to um it's actually a way that um, where, where we're controlled, um, you know, in some ways by the environment, um, that provides consequences to our behavior in order to, um, shape us, uh, to be better adapted to, to the world that we, we live in. Um, anyway, thanks for joining me. Beth, where, where are you joining from? And are you, are you a, a dog trainer? I am. I am joining from Dallas, Texas. I am a behavior consultant. I have a master's in animal behavior uh, and a certification in separation anxiety, uh, and I specialize in the aggressive, reactive, and dogs with separation-related behaviors. Oh, so interesting. Where did you get your master's in animal behavior? University of Wisconsin-Madison. So cool. And um, and uh, are you finding a lot of separation issues coming up because of pandemic puppies? I think we are seeing more 
separated related behaviors simply because people are home and they're noticing them. Mm-hmm. I think they were always there. Interesting. It's just more intense now than it was previously, and people are more keen on it. And they're like, oh, this never happened before. And then when we dig in, it actually was happening before. They just didn't care about it. And now because it's in their face, they it's more intense for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm raising my own puppy right now, so I'm trying to see, is it really the pandemic, or is it people aren't taking the opportunity to go out and socialize their dogs and using pandemic as the excuse mm. um, to socialize? And so it's like, oh, we have all these pandemic puppies. Do we, or do we have people that just aren't socializing and using the pandemic as an excuse? Hmm. That's really interesting. It's an interesting, like... The pandemic as excuse for many things. <laughs> for sure. All right. Thank you for being here, you guys. And um, yeah, nice to meet you, Beth. Thanks, Annie. Nice to meet you as well. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can support School for the Dogs podcast by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, telling your friends, and shopping in our online store. Learn more about School for the Dogs and sign up for lots of free training resources on our website, schoolforthedogs.com.